Welcome to Wadcast. I'm Charlene Gianetti, editor of Woman Around Town. We all know that walking is one of the best things that we can do for our physical as well as our mental health. But often as we age, we choose the couch rather than the trail. Dami Royce wants to change all that. Her book, Walking Gone Wild, How to Lose Your Age on the Trail, is an inspirational book about walking, hiking, and backpacking for women who are over 50. I'm excited to talk with her to get some tips about how we can all walk the walk for our health. Dami, thanks so much for being here with me today. I'm really excited to talk with you about uh, walking and your book. And I am too. It's wonderful that you invited me, uh, Charlene, to, to talk a little bit about walking as a lifestyle and my new book, Walking Gone Wild. Let's start with going back. Uh, tell me a little bit about growing up in, in Holland and why you decided to leave. Well, um, I'm a baby boomer, so I grew up in post-war Holland. I was born right after the war and I lived in a small town on what used to be an island. Uh, it had a train connection to the mainland. We had no car. Summers were spent camping in the dunes, playing endless hours on the beach. Then uh, when I was nine, we moved to a big city and um, I went to high school and school there. And then I went to university in Amsterdam eventually. And while I was there, um, besides that was the late 60s. So you can imagine what a, what a hotbed Amsterdam was. It was a very exciting time. And I already traveled a lot then because I had a job as a, as a stewardess on international trains on the weekends. So I would go different places in Europe and, and come back and then go back to college classes. It was um, quite a wonderful life. But anyway, I met an American in that last year of my university and he was traveling to avoid the whole Vietnam uh, war mess in the U.S. And um, we decided when I graduated and made some money for six months to just go travel and go to Asia for a year. And, of course, after coming back from that trip, Holland felt so small. And my traveling partner, who then became my husband, hadn't been in the States for three years, and said, well, well what should we do? We go to Australia? Or shall we go? I said, let's go and see what the U.S. is like now. And so we went and we stayed. Now, you traveled not only through Asia, but through the Middle East. What was that experience like? Oh, um, yeah, we went overland with a little backpack um, and used trains and buses through Turkey, through Iran and Afghanistan. Now, this was 1970, 1971, and then Pakistan. So um, it was fairly peaceful. We were able to, in Iran, to sit down with um, university students in a cafe and talk about their life and, and the Shah, who was still then in in charge. In Turkey, I wasn't so comfortable. There was a real, um, you know, that men would grab me, even if I was walking next to a male partner. I mean, they were really, you know, as a blonde Western woman, you were like up for grabs, literally. Mm. So that wasn't a comfortable place. A little scary, um, sure. Yeah, it's a Muslim culture, and it's just definitely different. And then Afghanistan was um, just... That was my desert experience. It's so open and wide, and it seemed very poor. I hardly saw any women. They were all hidden in those days. Mm. And, um, um, 
yeah, it was more like an experience of big white mountains. That's where, you know, wide open and these high mountains started coming because you get into Pakistan and the Hindu Kush and, mm-hmm. and um, just, you know, that already started pulling on me. It was so different coming from below sea level. Sure. Never seen anything like it. So um, that was the Middle East. And then we spent nine months in um, India and Nepal, just moving around from place to place. Mm-hmm. Um, we would rent sometimes a house or a small house for a while and stayed somewhere for a month. Um, we were really on a search, as many of us were in those days, for, you know, values, what's going on in life, what are we doing here, and visited with many spiritual teachers there um, and, um, and explored a whole different way of living yeah. and brought that back, of course, um, to the U.S. eventually. So now your career was in mental health, and specifically you were working with high-risk youth. Uh, yes, why, originally why was that, I was... Why was that your career choice? Well, originally, it wasn't actually. Okay. I, was a, I was a mental... I was a, a high school teacher in Holland. I was trained as a teacher, and I worked with that age group there. But um, being here, my degree didn't transfer, so I had to go back to school eventually. Um, I was a body worker for quite a few years, um, deep tissue work, um, rolfing type stuff. And then I, you know, the needs for the family were that I was going to get an income that was reliable, steady, and provided some insurance. So I went back to school and got my another graduate degree here. And at that point, I was very interested in the mind-body connection. And um, I studied psychology and then... Um, you know, um, counseling, psychology. I worked with adults first, mm-hmm. but they're very, that was very difficult. They are, it's depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't change very much at that point. If they're in mental health treatment, it seems so endless. So when the opportunity came to get a job with benefits, working with youth, mm-hmm. I grabbed it and I felt right at home and I've never looked back. It's mm-hmm. like, that's my population. I like the challenge of teenagers. People, how can you do it? I have a lot of energy, obviously. Right. And so, <laughs> obviously, I, yeah. So I found them totally interesting, and um, yeah. So it seems that you were always a walker. Uh, all of the traveling that you did in Asia and the Middle East uh, was that always a part of your life? Well. You know, I grew up in Holland. We didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. You walk or you bicycle. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, walking was a normal part of living for me. Um, but, um, and then as we, you know, I, I, I experienced, I didn't go really to backpacking when we went to India. I just, you know, I didn't have very many belongings, put them in a chest, left them at my mom's house, and we went off. And I remember that feeling of, all I need is on my back. That was such a freeing experience, you know, mm. money in your hand and all the things you need for your everyday living in your backpack. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that really stuck with me. So when it came to the States here on the West coast, you know, the man I was with, he was a backpacker and a climber. He lived near Yosemite. So, you know, he introduced me kind of to backpacking and we did weekends and short things. So that's how I learned about this, incredible experience that you can have here in the west it's just you know in europe if you live in switzerland and 
uh, mountainous areas, you can get something like it, but it's not like what it's here in the West. This is the creme de la creme, as we say, of uh, wilderness experiences. So why did you want to write this book? Well, um, I had gathered, I was doing um, a class for other women to learn how to backpack and needed some kind of manual. That's how it started. So I thought, let me see if I can write one. And then it just, it grew from there because just like, this is how you do it. And this is what you pack. It was kind of boring. So um, it, it has grown over the three years that I've worked on it off and on into really, I discovered that there's much more to it than just another outdoors activity that I want to promote. No, this is about a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, As I, you know, I retired and I said, okay, I'm, you know, because I commuted to work 45 minutes and said, that car is going to sit here. I live in a small town. I can walk to do my stuff everywhere. I don't need to be in my car. So that was kind of a commitment I made to myself that walk or bike if you can, mm-hmm. you know, and the freedom that comes with that. Um, and I, I recommend that people really think about where they want to live as they age so that you can give yourself that freedom because it's not possible in America everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a real promoter of kind of the European lifestyle here in this country. I think we can save the planet that way. If everybody walks a lot more and sits a lot less and doesn't use their car that much, uh, unless you go on a long trip, um, you know, we make huge changes. It's, it's as I say in my book, you know, you're about to embark on a revolution. You don't know it yet, but once you start doing this and you do more and more of it, it will really change your life and your outlook on living. Now, why did you specifically focus on older women? Why is it so important for older women to walk? Well, I'm one of them, so <laughs> I know it. And I also, what I, so the second time I went back to the Himalayas um, when my husband became very ill and was not really a partner anymore. And so, you know, I felt pretty, I felt very distraught and just what happens to all of us at this Mm -hmm. point we lose people that we love Mm -hmm. we lose family we lose our children sometimes we lose our partners and there you are there's a lot of single women older women who still will live maybe another 20 years or 30 if they're lucky and or maybe they don't think it's lucky but in in any case (laughs) they will have a long time and how do you do that and feel fulfilled well i found real fulfillment and connection in being in nature and being out there. Um, you meet people, you, you know, you feel good. You feel fulfilled when you go, when I go for a week of hiking, like I did just last week, I come back feeling whole and complete. Mm -hmm. Now that's a gift. I think, um, you may not find another partner, you know, they're, they're hard to find at this age, you know, someone you could share the rest of your life with, but nature is there and um, it can really fulfill a lot of that if you if you go out and meet it. If someone has been fairly sedentary, how does that person mm-hmm. embark on a, a walking mm-hmm. life? I mean, what what are your what's your advice? Well, um, I would say all you need to do is stop sitting so much Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to kind of train your body because at first it isn't used to it so get off your chair frequently 
set a, set an alarm. Um, you know, the the research said it was actually done by a woman um, on um, the effect of the G force. You know, our gravity force, force of gravity on our bodies, and what happened to the astronauts when they were out in space for a long period of time, and how it affects their aging and their and their cell structure. Well, from that, they, they learned that if you activate your G-force, that's what I would say, get up and activate your G-force every half hour, you add years to your life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we're meant to get up and move. You know, we're meant to live that way. And um, so just get up, walk around a little bit, start that way. So you get into the habit of being on your feet. At first, you get tired, your legs get tired, your feet feel sore, but it just gets better. It gets stronger all the time. I started walking with a woman six months ago, and she's actually on the trailer of my book. Um, and she had arthritic knees, and it was all hurting, and she thought, I can never walk again. This is getting worse all the time. So she started out very small. She could walk around the block. Then it was up to half a mile, then up to a mile. She just kept doing She says, you know, it doesn't seem to make any difference in the pain, the pain comes and goes. Mm-hmm. But if I walk, I feel better. Mm-hmm. And we're six months later, she walks eight miles in the hills with me now with a backpack on her back. That's wonderful. <laughs> and she says, it has just changed totally my outlook on life. So, you know, get up. I'm standing at the computer right now to look at some of the questions and uh, things that we're talking about. Um, I clean, I crouch when I clean the floors. You know, there's a, a book out by, um, I'll just promote her, by um, Katie uh, Bauman, and it's called Dynamic Aging or Move Your DNA. And she talks about the very specifics of, you know, how we be- everything becomes painful and what exercises you can do. One of the things she recommends is get rid of your mop. Just go on your all fours and clean your floors. You'll be doing your exercises mm-hmm. that you need to be doing. So, I mean, do you recommend that uh, people check with a doctor before they start walking? Um, you know, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you have a heart disease or something or, or a really serious problem. disease. Yeah. But our bodies are meant to walk. Mm-hmm. So start little bits and see how it feels. So you feel stiff, you take a break. You feel, you know, tired, you take a break. Mm-hmm. And, but keep repeating it. That's the whole thing. Don't just say, that's just too hard. You know, I don't walk there anymore. If you have to go get milk and your store isn't too far, say, oh, let me see if I can walk there and get the milk. Mm -hmm. You know, and you just start adding that into your life. Park your car far away from the store. Walk there. You know, get away from the busy downtown um, where you can't park. Park a little away and walk into the downtown. Just all those little changes. That will change your life and how your body feels. So, Dami, what should be carried in a backpack? What do you typically take when you go on a long walk? Oh, a long walk or a backpacking hike? Uh, well, tell me what the There's, difference is between a backpacking So, in my hike. book, I have a section on hiking mm-hmm. and a section on backpacking. Those okay. are two, two different, you know, two different uh, animals here. If you go hiking for today, in any case, always take the 10 essentials. And the 10 essentials, let me see if I can list them like that, are, you know, make sure you have enough clothing. Yeah, it's a nice sunny day, but, you know, the weather could change. So have enough clothing either to strip down or to put on you. Uh, Be prepared for weather, sudden weather changes, so clothing. 
food. Have some food. And say, oh, I don't get hungry. And if you go for a day hike, it probably isn't an issue. But if you somehow, and it happens to people, they're just going a little bit in the hills or on a, you know, if you're away from society and you have trouble getting back, you sprain an ankle, you have to sit somewhere, you make sure you have water and you have food with you so you can, you know, relax and say at least the basics are covered. I, have, I can stay warm, I have some food, I have some water. Then always, you know, um, have a, a medical, I always take a medical kit, um, just scrape or whatever you need, take care of it. And um, I put in, if I go on a outside of range where my cell phone doesn't work, I have a uh, GPS device that I can use in case of an accident or something like mm -hmm. that. And then they can come helicopter me out. Now, you know, when you start out, maybe that's not what you want to do. But um, it, I, I just hiked out on um, Tamales Bay, which you've seen all directions. It was a five-mile hike, you know. And on my way back, there were two women that had to be helicoptered out. They yeah. were a mile from the trailhead hmm. because they got overheated. They weren't trained well for it. They didn't know how to pace themselves, and they just collapsed on the trail. Wow. Well. I had things in my backpack. I could put a cold pack in her neck. I had water. I could at least, you know, keep her comfortable until the helicopter came. Mm -hmm. You don't know what happens to a person there. So you really, it can happen really close by too. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of things you have to think about. Make sure, prepare for possible accident mm -hmm. while you're out there and that you have the basics with you. And if you just look at my book or you Google it online, the 10 essentials, you'll get that list. So, so. I, I assume that some sort of sunblock and maybe insect repellent or other things that you should be taking with you? Well, um, I, you know, sunblock, I always say cover up, but mm -hmm. I, I, I wouldn't put that in the essentials. You know, you're not going to die if mm -hmm. you don't have, but put some sunscreen on before you go out for sure. Okay. Um, but that's not uh, bug repellent. If you if you're in a buggy place like you live on the East Coast, uh, you probably want some or mm -hmm. a bug net, you know, over your face or something like that. It'll make you more comfortable mm -hmm. for sure. Yes. So, have you walked the two most famous trails, the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail? No, I have not walked AT as we call it, okay. but I stood on it. I was in on the East Coast just a month ago, and I said, "Oh, I gotta," you know. I took a hike and and it crossed the AT, so I got to see the, what they call the Green Tunnel. Mm -hmm. The Green Tunnel is not my favorite environment. You're in the woods all the time. They're beautiful woods, but that's all you see. I like to see some vistas, mm -hmm. and so yeah, I'm. Um, after having gone all these places in the world, I finally said. I was six, turned 65. I said, you know, I, I need to get to know my own state, Oregon. I haven't hiked here very much. Um, so I decided to hike the length of Oregon, which wow. um, I didn't complete it. There was a little piece that was missing because it was a very dry year. And so I wasn't sure about how much water I had to carry. So I, I missed that. And I just finished that this week. It was interesting to come back to that. Um, but I have hiked... Over 15, 1,600 miles now on the Pacific Crest Trail. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it is noted as the most beautiful trail in the world. I think there are some in um, in uh, New Zealand that 
are comparable. But wherever I go, I always go back and say, well, you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to come to the West Coast. It's just and incredible. Do you, do you have other trails that are on your list of ones that you really want to walk or hike? Um, no, it's not like, oh, I want to go there. Um, maybe maybe the Mont Blanc circuit in Switzerland mm-hmm. and looking at the Dolomites. I mean, I walked through Switzerland in my 20s, but, you know, I might want to do that now. Then mm-hmm. get to do this wonderful thing that you can stay in a hut and you don't have to carry a big, heavy backpack, mm-hmm. which has is a plus in many ways. And But I'm saving those for when I can't carry anymore. First, I'm going to do the ones where it's more wilderness. So, um, yeah. I don't know if I want to do any other, like, it's not like I want to complete a trail. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. Um, and it changes with time. You know, um, people look so in awe. And if you're going to walk that whole trail. It's, no, I walk. I walk every year. And as long as I can walk, I do it. I go out for three, four weeks at a time, sometimes a week. You know, I do that several times in the summer. I like to be outdoors and do it as much as I can. Because I feel so much more alive when I do that. Mm-hmm. And then I come back and I take care of my garden and then I go again. So that's how I get my miles in. Is it, <laughs> is it more comfortable for you to walk alone or with others? Um, it's a different experience. You know, if I have someone who, can, who is about the same pace as I am and doesn't talk to all the time, mm-hmm. um, it's fine to walk with other people. Um, but there's something about being alone in the wilderness um, that, yeah, it's another level of feeling connected to to the to life. You know, mm-hmm. so here I am, and I never, I know I'm vulnerable, but it's no more dangerous than getting in your car down the freeway. Actually, it's less dangerous. Um, but I somehow feel fully trusting and okay with it i i am not afraid i was maybe the first time when i the first night i remember the first night i went out solo on the pacific crest trail and i was pretty nervous about it but you know it just that night and that was fine and it just got better and better and i really started liking that experience because it gives me room to think and think of ideas and creative things that i might want to do and when i come back from a walk, a walkabout, as they would say in Australia. I have all kinds of fresh ideas on, oh, I want to do this or that, or I want to write about this, or, and then I get busy. So it's, it's inspiring to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk a little bit about that, um, Dami, about, uh, about how walking is restorative and inspiring. I mean, can you remember moments when uh, you, you know, were just really almost in awe of your surroundings or had a thought that you might not have thought if you weren't out there walking in the wilderness? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember the Sierras are, the Sierra Nevadas in California are pretty extreme. They're high up over 10,000 feet most of the time. So there's a different air. And I remember waking up, um, in a real rocky landscape um, near um, Muir Pass and Muir Hut. Um, and there were these lakes, big aqua-colored lakes. There were no trees. It was all rock and scree. 
and then the sun came up. You know, you, you're at the edges of things when you're when you're um, hiking in these places, um, sort of between dawn or at dusk, um, and you see how the world sort of the world presents itself to you, where you go, ah. Oh, wow, this is so much bigger than I am. Mm. And, um, you know, we, we, it's transcending. It's transcending as you are in it. It's like, I belong here. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not like religious in the sense of going to church, but I become religious when I'm in places like that. It's mm. like there's the beauty of, you know what it how things present themselves when it's just getting light and 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 the sun just moves over these rock faces and and gives you different colors and you just you remember some dreams that you had and you go ah this is what it's meant to do you know it's very personal for me it gives me insights in living it answers questions for me about why i'm here that um i don't get when i'm living in my regular environment so it's almost like necessary for me to go out and do that. And Are you surprised sometimes where this has taken you, where this experience has taken you? Let me tell you, I had no idea that I would be, you know, talking to you today or to other people that I've talked to and that I have people now coming up to me and say, wow, I read your book. It's just what I needed. You know, it's like, I didn't even know I was going to be a writer. And here we are. I am. <laughs> so, so are yeah. we thinking about a follow-up book based on your experiences? Yeah, I have um, a memoir that is, that's kind of how it all started after my um, trek in, uh, in Ladakh in 2005. I, I started writing about it. And Molly was the one who, um, you know, my publisher who was teaching classes then about writing from life. So I wrote a little story about that. And they said, oh, we want to hear more about that. And it just grew. And so that memoir is ready to, you know, I want to do a review this winter and really look at it closely. I now I'm so much more experienced in what it takes to get a finished product. So that's what I want to do. And that will be out hopefully after I'm done with that. I don't know when that, you know, I don't put timelines out anymore because I knew how long this took. So (laughs) you just don't know when ready is ready. So yeah, that will be about that trip. You know, when you go out, just kind of like the book wild that people know a woman went out to hike the, the trail and she, you know, after a very difficult time in her life. Well, you know, it's a classic story of when your life falls apart, you're going for a walk to put it back together. And that's really what that hike in the Himalayas was for me. So that's mm. what that will be about. So it's about walking well, I'm and sure finding we'll, yourself. We'll be back in touch and talking about that when your new book comes out. So, Oh, yeah. That would be <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> hey, Donna, thank you so much for talking with us again. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share some of my experiences, you know, um, with you and then hopefully with all your listeners. Um, Absolutely. I, it, it's, we'll get them, we'll get them all up off the couch and walking. Uh, and they yeah. should, they should definitely go out and get your book, Walking Gone Wild, How to Lose Your Age on the Trail, published by Fuse Publishing. So yes. thank you very much for joining us. I'm Charlene Gianetti, editor of Women Around Town. Thank you.